This is NFA Talk, the show that talks about guns and gun rights, keeping you up to date with what's currently going on. From the newest guns, promotions, and events, plus how we're lobbying for your rights. All right, it's time for another episode of NFA Talk. I'm Jordan Vandenhoff, and joining me tonight, we got our Vice President, Rick Igersage. We have, from Alberta, we have Gerald Lungard, our lobbyist, our guy in Ottawa, Charles Zatch, and our other Alberta director, Dwayne Gorniak. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good, Jordan. How are you doing tonight? Good, good. So uh, we got we got a full menu. We got a lot to talk about, and it's uh, it's great because now we have like a Ontario Alberta thing going on tonight. So I'm excited. I think this is going to be a good conversation. Uh, let Let's start off with uh, Bill Blair version 2.0, Marco Mendocino. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're we're getting the same thing with him. It's uh, he's mirror image of uh, of Bill Blair. He's uh, he's unwilling to uh, to listen to us, uh, Charles. I, I know you've reached out a couple of times. Have you got anything back from him yet? Zero. Really, so I've tried to lobby him or sent him um, emails and and voicemails and everything else I can do. Uh, you know, short of sending carrier pigeons, uh, he is unresponsive. And this is not atypical for the liberals. You know, they talk about being inclusive and you know being you know, trying to have, you know, open consultative sessions, it's a lie. So, the, and he's no different from Bill. Bill was exactly the same way. Um, you know, I lobbied him the same way. And uh, he also ignored us until he tried to sort of make things, um, you know, uh, pose a meeting where he tried to use us to actually validate his overreach. And Marco's exactly the same way. So he's just uh, echoing exactly what uh, the rest of the uh you know, the, the liberal executive is telling him to say, and uh, that's where we stand. So that's okay. You know what? Uh, when you say nothing, that says a lot, you know, especially to us. And uh, we understand where he stands. Uh, we know where we stand. And, you know, I I, I, I I continue to put the invitation out there, Marco, if you're listening, and I'm sure your minions are watching, um, please, you know, let, let's have a a discussion. I understand that you're going across the country and trying to sell your snake oil to everybody, but you're missing the most important piece, us. We are the stakeholders who are going to be affected by your civil sovereign measures. And if you want some kind of input, you should probably at least, you know, have a parley with us. Um, not doing that is not uh, open. It's not part of uh, the democratic, uh, you know, process that we, we, we expect from our government. Uh, this is something less, but of course, it's no no surprise after what happened with the Emergencies Act and, and the truckers and everything else. I mean, you know, this government has blown its political capital. So uh, go big or go home, eh, Marco? Yeah. There's the old adage, our apple doesn't roll far from the tree, and Marco sure isn't rolling far from Bill Blair. No, it's almost it's almost like a it's it's a mirror image. Um, you know, I find I find it interesting though because uh, Marco did a uh, I think it was a PBO special um, with Glenn Motts, and uh, you know they they visited each other's writings and they talked and they talked about guns. And Glenn took Marco out to uh, the gun range, and um, it, you know they they wanted to let him shoot a, a gun, and I. I I haven't seen the video in a long time, but I believe it was a rifle and he wouldn't step in. He wouldn't step up to the plate. He wouldn't touch the firearm. Uh, it, the uh, one of the, one of the girls there ended up shooting the gun for him. 
And then later on, uh, just a couple weeks ago, he now announced that yes, yes, he has shoot a gun, but I, I still haven't seen any video footage, any pictures of it. Uh, you know, it has he even touched a gun to understand what what uh, what this is all about? Like, had he fired an AR-15 or he'd fired a just a normal normal two two three or five five six rifle, he would fully understand that they're they're relatively the same. It's all cosmetic, and this is nothing but political theater. I mean, if, if somebody else wants to chime in here. Yeah, I, you know, I put out an invitation to Marco. The NFA is going to be uh, having some events across Canada in the next next few months. And Marco, come out to one of our uh, come out to one of our events. Talk to some of our people. We'll give you a safe. Uh, we'll give you a safety course on firearms. We'll uh, show you how to shoot and, and uh, let you fire one. Uh, I uh, I'd be a, I'm of the opinion that I think that you'll have so much fun you won't know what to do with it and you might well, he'll never change his uh, point of view but uh, you know he'll be one of those guys that has a lot of fun and then hands it back to you and says well no that's not my thing but uh, yeah Marco you're invited come on out to one of our events and uh, shoot some guns have some fun and that way we can have an open conversation you know that that that's what we really want is is an open conversation we want to be part of this um you know like uh, there's uh, pictures around the internet uh, right now all over the facebook that you know he he had a meeting just prior to and this is going to get into the next segment uh, releasing the uh, the extension of the amnesty for the for the gun ban and and he was with all the stakeholders of the people that don't want guns in canada right so yeah um we just want an open conversation now moving into the next part here, the yeah. amnesty program, right? It's it's been extended. It's now to October thirtieth, twenty twenty three, and uh, what are, what are your thoughts? Like you know, well, you know, there's a there's a lot of talk out there. Uh, people have made statements that uh, that this was a major victory for gun owners. I I uh, I completely disagree with that. This is nothing more than a stay of execution. Uh, you know. It, <laughs> The, the things that led up to, you know, I, I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there. The things that led up to this extension of the amnesty was, number one, the liberals didn't have anything in place. Uh, you know, they, they have they had nothing in place. They don't know what they were going to do. They, they were going to do how they're going to go about doing it. You know, they hired uh, they hired uh, IBM to come up with some sort of uh, plan. And I, basically that fell through. Uh, you know, I think it was just a, 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 you know, it was just a lack of uh, lack of preparation on their part. They just didn't do anything, and that's why they had to extend it. And uh, and uh, Gerald will touch on this too. And you know, amnesties have a, it seems to always be extended for some reason. Do they not, Gerald? Okay, it's a normal reaction when a government's not prepared to carry out legislation or regulation. Uh, that's been created through order and council. It's normal practice to extend the uh, the due date on the order and council. Uh, we've seen this happen many, 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 many times before. Uh, the marking regulations on firearms have been extended since about 1998, uh, and I think they've eventually gone away. the The uh, UCP government or the UPC government, the C. CPC, pardon me, the Conservative government did away with them. And uh, what happened, I'm sure, was that the Liberals were unprepared. They didn't. They don't have budget to uh, compensate for firearms turned in. Uh, they don't have a program to turn, a physical program to take care of the 100,000 or so AR-15s 
and the countless other firearms that weren't restricted firearms that have been prohibited. And they aren't ready to, to move against the law-abiding, the gun owners who purchased these firearms with a valid firearms license, paid GST on them. The purchase was approved by the CFOs. And now these, as of May 1st, 2022, if they didn't extend the amnesty, the folks in possession of these would be facing a criminal charge. And on, the, on another note, there's also several legal challenges against the prohibition, the May 1st, 2020 prohibition. And it's really bad form for the government to go ahead and execute the regulation, execute the, the forfeiture, start taking guns in when the courts may tell them that you acted illegally and without uh, any justification. So they're going to have to wait until after the challenges. Uh, Cassie Premack uh, versus the Crown is the NFA challenge on this one. But they're going to have to wait till after the challenge, the court challenges to see if the uh, order in council even stands. Yeah. Just to interject there, too. I just I was reading some of the comments there, Gerald. And Canadian, Canadian Cutthroat said, and they want to use this in the next election. That is a fact. When the Liberals are running behind, they spin it on the gun owners every time without fail. I think Charles can touch on this a little more. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, look where they've delayed it to. So the fall of uh, 2023, that's when the next federal election is scheduled to be announced. So once again, they're using their favorite wedge issue, right, to, uh, to, to use the, I guess, the you know, the uneducated out there and uh, taking advantage of their like, ignorance of the whole uh, firearms thing to um, garner votes. And, that, and that's pretty much what it, what, what's going on here, right? Not to mention the, you know, the other fish to fry right now. Um, I know they'll be splashing a lot more money at the, you know, the military after, you know, what, uh, seven, eight years of them holding back billions of dollars and now, of course, you know the uh, you know they've decimated the the military again. So you know they don't have the money to to cough up the billions that they'll need to you know to steal our private property. So you know once again this is this is all part of the liberal modus operandi. It's disingenuous. It has nothing to do with public safety. This is about trying to stay in power. You know I I appeal to the progressive. Um, voters out there to not be used by this, you know, this, this government. And I use that term lightly because they're, you're, you're, they're not working for you. They're trying to make you work for them. Right. And the media is the same thing as well, too. So um, we need to cast this off. We need to go forward and have some serious, mature um, a government. We, we're facing a lot of big things in the future and we can't have these children running our country anymore. Well, you know, and these people that are making these uh, statements that this is a great victory for firearms owner. You know what, people, the, only, the, the victory, the great victory is going to be when that OIC gets wrinkled up and thrown in the trash can. That's going to be the great victory, not this postponement stuff. And, uh, you know, it just you, you got you got to understand where this is coming from. It's coming from the liberals and it's just, you know, it, it play it, it, it plays in their into their agenda. That's how they that's how they roll. Yep. And uh, we see this all the time with the liberals. Uh, what about what do you think, Dwayne? What do you think about this whole thing? 
so so for us a lot of times uh, the way we talk we we talk um you know preaching to the choir to a lot of people that understand this right but for those who don't understand the firearms laws in canada what they need to understand is that um this oic and this so-called gun ban which is actually taking out sporting rifles and 10 gauge goose guns isn't doing anything about gun related crime if you think it's going to be doing anything about uh, gang related crime in toronto vancouver edmonton regina wherever it doesn't matter it it doesn't it, the faces you see in here on this computers right now in the in these videos the we are the people that the government is coming after it's not doing a lick of anything about gang-related violence and, and i think we need to educate a lot of the uneducated on that because like i said a lot of times we're just repeating ourselves talking to the choir all the time right you nailed yeah, it. And and I, I just want to add in there too, like these guns are coming up to almost two years now that they've been locked in, in safe storage, uh, awaiting, you know, the government's, uh, the government to tell us what to do with them. And has crime changed in any way? No, there are still, there are still shootings out there. So it, it goes to show you, like, we can, we can take all these firearms away from the legal firearms owners. It, there's not going to be a shift. There's still going to be the illegal gun smuggling into this country. And, and these, the criminals and the gangs, they still have these guns. Like, if they wanted to do a buyback, let's buy them back from the criminals. Let's get them off <laughs> yeah. the streets. That would be getting yeah. them off the streets, is buying them back from the criminals. Instead, the government thinks, you know what, we're going to take the easiest way out. We're going to go after the law-abiding citizens because they're going to comply. And they're just going to hand us over our stuff. We're going to look like political heroes. And they're going to vote us in the next election. And meanwhile, you know, the taxpayers are, are paying for this and we still have a problem at the end of the day. So what, what's next? What are they going to say next? Well, now we have to get we're a slingshot so the, so the gangs can't, you know, have firearms. Like the, it, it just blows my mind how this, this it's so simple that they can't understand what the root problem is and where they need to attack this. You know, Jordan, that's that's an interesting little point there, Jordan. I just want to piggyback on that because you hit the nail right on the button. Okay, so since the Liberals have been in power since, uh, was it 2015, right? Yeah. So since then, okay, um, and they put in uh, C-71s, you know, stricter gun control measures. They brought in the, the gun ban. Like you said, that's been there for at least two years. Guess what? You know, urban armed criminal violence, especially in the urban centers, is out of control on the Liberal watch. What they've done, their liberal gun controls, it, not that it's not working, it's actually exacerbating the situation. It's making a more violent society. The liberals have blood on their hands here, right? So they need to do a course correction here because they're not, they're not living up to the responsibility that they have as a government to protect the people. They need to stop politicizing this thing, get down to work. And we know we we know where the you know the gun crimes are happening, you know, and we know what the solution is. You know, you have police, you put them into these precincts, and you do a you know you, you do a sweep for a while, and and of course there's the balloon effect; they'll, they'll go out to other precincts as well too. But that's the way you do this. It's hard work, right? Coming after us and pretending that taking my legal guns away from me, I'm you know I'm uh, you know an enhanced security uh, vetted citizen i'm actually more safe than anybody out there without a without a, a gun license taking my guns away is gonna 
make the criminals give up their guns and stop their mayhem? That is ludicrous. Come on, liberals. You know, pick it up. You know what? This is not hard. I suggest to the liberals that not one criminal is going to turn their firearms in on the amnesty. I'm pretty sure I'm 100% accurate on that. Uh, you know, well, it's, abso- it, absolutely though, Brick, because yeah. the 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 buyback doesn't apply to them. No. Like if you hit, well, if you if you were not licensed, if you are not licensed and you did not have a registration for that firearm prior to the ban, you are not eligible. So like I mean it, this for public safety. This is public safety. So you think they would say, "Hey, you know what? If if criminals want to turn in these guns, we got to get them off our streets. We got to, you know." And they keep toting that, you know, we don't these don't belong in our communities. So why wouldn't they take that gun in and give them fair compensation, or you know, take them at least take them in then and have some kind of other program set up, you know, like an amnesty? Hey, we won't charge you with anything. Just hand in the gun. That would be public safety. This, but this, in- this, this has nothing to do with public safety, Jordan. Absolutely. This is, this, is, this is all about the liberals getting elected in the next election. It's all about votes. They don't care. Yeah, well, they don't seem to care about, uh, about the criminals in the streets because they sure aren't pursuing it the way they should be. They're going, they're going after us firearms owners because we're a fairly soft target. Uh, you know, the NFA is changing that, but we are a soft target. And you know, they, they use that as an election spin every election. That's firearms owners are their go-to. This isn't about public safety. This isn't about guns. This is this is about the liberals getting votes, and that's the bottom line. It's right. been like that since uh, Trudeau 1.0. You know, in, in 68, 69, when they banned when they banned fully automatic firearms. Then in the 70s, when they came out with the FAC system. Then in 1995 again, and then now. And it so if you follow this all the way back to the 60s. Not one bit of firearms regulations and restrictions upon people like us have ever reduced crime. And that's always in Dr. Kalen Langman's reports, if anyone wants to look that up. And that's a good point. Dwayne makes a very good point there. Full auto assault rifles. Assault rifles have been banned in, in Canada since 1968. What Mr. Trudeau is banning is hunting and target rifles with the AR-15s and the various other rifles. Uh, Another point is the amnesty requires that people keep these guns secured in their homes, locked up, and not use them, not take them to the range, not take them hunting, not take them anywhere. There seems, I, I seem to recall that there's an exception for First Nations people who can take these guns hunting. Uh, now this brings up an interesting thing for the court challenge in that if in the, uh, the, the the legislation says that if in the opinion of the minister or the governor and council, a gun is not suitable for hunting, they can prohibit it. But yet in the amnesty, people are allowed to hunt with them. So all of a sudden, we have a very conflicting message coming right out of the liberal government. Uh, if they're hunting guns, and if it's okay for First Nations to use them for hunting, why can't, why are they being banned? Exactly. Uh, what, what's the program? <laughs> that's that's yeah. very interesting. You know, and, you know right? there's another point there too. And uh, Ian Runkle from Runkle and the Billy touched on this the other day. He went through the, he went through the, the new revised copy of the OIC. Apparently civilian uh, personnel that work for the Bank of Canada can still keep their AR-15s for uh, security reasons. They can transport them to a gunsmith, a gunsmith, the, the gunsmith can work on those guns 
if there if there's a if there's a if there's a problem with the gun, the gunsmith can work on those guns. He can test those firearms. He can give them back to the Bank of Canada employees. And uh, you know, they're civilian employees. They're just they're no different than the rest of us. And they can move these guns all over the place, but we can't take ours out of our safe. Yeah, that was one of the that was one of the provisions in there, right? Yeah. Exactly. So and, and, it, and it goes to show that there, like like Ian said as well, there was there was a lot of there was a lot of missing information. They got a lot wrong. Uh like he pointed out, like gunsmiths, like they, they were not able to touch these and they were not able to touch these firearms. So, you know, the government had to put something in there. Uh the hunting, um, it's the same, it's the same thing. Like there was there was a revision for uh I believe in uh, indigenous people and like First Nations where uh, with the treaty act that they were still, they have, if you were, um, if you were hunting, uh, to sustain life, uh, you were allowed to use your firearm. So it, it clearly shows that these firearms were used for hunting purposes, right? Now the government says you've got X amount of time to find another firearm that's suitable for the same thing. It, it, it just, the whole thing just boggles my mind and it makes no sense to me. Like they, they've, kind of back themselves in a corner and it, when the legal challenge comes up this is it's going to get really interesting to see how this all plays out it's you know the way, the way you actually do this you know, sorry i just wanted to say what uh, piggyback on jordan that was a great point there this all makes sense when you look at it through the lens of civil discernment okay Dwayne touched on this already you know uh you know trudeau version one um started this this uh this movement and uh in 1995 that was supposed to be it we're supposed to have full whole scale civil disarmament in Canada. But of course there was mass civil resistance and civil disobedience and that stopped that in its track. So now they've been doing it incrementally ever since. And like Dwayne said, we've got all these, we've, we've had gun bans. We've got restrictions. We've got, we've got, uh, you know, a gun control piled upon gun control. And guess what? You know, the evil is still out there. You know, and, and we touched on this, uh, you know, we were at the, um, Rick was at the WFSA meeting in, uh, in Europe. And uh, we're, we're talking about the, the, the contrast between, say, Czechoslovakia and South Africa. Okay, South Africa, um, according to, uh, and don't, don't forget that Wendy Tsukier was a major consultant in there and recommended greater, greater gun controls. And they took it hook, line and sinker. And now it's a war zone over there of armed criminals. In contrast to that, uh, the Czechoslovakians have now have looser gun controls. And guess what? Their crime rates are way down. The black market for, for firearms is way down, right? So once again, you know, the old adage, and this is all empir empirically, empirical evidence that more guns means less crime. The liberals are not following the science as they say they always want to. They're ignoring it. They politicize this thing. And they're they're marching towards civil disarmament because they are they're beholden to the you know their civil disarmament uh, lobby groups out there like Pauli and Danforth and uh, all the rest of them out there they they feed off each other it's exactly what they did with uh, with Wendy they hired her and then they she kind of fed into this loop and they made it look like it was some kind of a legitimate consultation it's a bunch of baloney okay this thing is nothing but as you said before political theater and it's uh, it's 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 dangerous because it's it's not keeping us safe. You know, I spoke to I spoke to the Czechoslovakians one on one when I was over at the World Forum on Shooting Activities meeting, and uh, you know their adage is an armed society is a peaceful society, and it's working really good for them. You know, and uh, I also talked like just to, to piggyback on Charles. You know, I talked to the South Africans, and I put it I put the question. 
I put the question right to him when they were talking about uh, just uh, softening their gun laws and increasing their gun laws. I put the question right to him, you know, and, and Charles gave you the answer. South Africa's crime rate has gone up exponentially while Czechoslovakia's has gone down to barely non-existent. So, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to uh, listen to us. You know, the, the examples are out and around the world and it, it, it it's a fact. Right. Uh, so, another point that we have to make about uh, the gun laws is that there is a court challenge from 2003 in Nunavut, won by the Nunavut, by uh, some of the residents of Nunavut, and it exempts uh, First Nations folk who live in Nunavut from Section 91 of the Criminal Code. They don't need a license to possess a firearm. Uh, just a moment here. Uh, that was heard by the Honorable Justice R. Kilpatrick, and it's the Attorney General of Nunavut. And uh, the bottom line is that uh, I wonder how these firearms, the prohibited firearms, are going to be uh, legally taken from residents of Nunavut, even because the courts in Nunavut have, have exempted them from Section 91. Possession of a firearm is a, is a criminal code offense. Really? So let me get this straight, Gerald. Like they, they're, they're totally exempt from this. The Firearms Act does not apply to them? Uh, certain sections of the Firearms Act regarding licensing, storage, and where uh, the, the criminal aspect of it. Uh, the case, the judgment was, the case was heard June 17th and 18th, 2003. And the judge, the judgment was handed down by the Honorable Justice R. Kilpatrick, and uh, it's a very interesting uh, document. And it was dated at Equaliut in Nunavut, the eighth day of July, two thousand and three. And there is an interim stay requested by Nunavut. Uh, and the stay is on, on, on licensing and on registration and storage charges, I believe. Hmm. So I, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, uh, but I, I'm guessing like the, this ban is all across Canada. So I, I think they're, they're probably going to have to go back to court on this one. Like it, it's definitely going to affect them as well, right? It so. may, it may not. The courts have to decide. Somebody has to be charged there. Under the under with possession of, of a May first, twenty twenty firearm, and the judge will see whether this two thousand and three ruling by the by the court in Nunavut still stands. It hasn't been challenged by the federal government. It hasn't been struck down, and uh, it's the same case was heard in. Uh, in Manitoba, I think the Pagayas band presented the same arguments and they lost. So we have conflicting court cases at the provincial level. Uh, and I can't remember if the Pagayas band was through the Alberta court challenge or, or whether it was standalone. I cannot find uh, the actual court document where, where they lost that case. You know, it's good that we have some case law out there. It's always good to have case law to fall back on. Uh, that would probably be an important one. 
What about Alberta? What are what are what are your guys saying out there, Dwayne? You know what what are what are they saying about this OIC? Uh, you know, extension of the amnesty and uh, stuff. Pretty much same anywhere in rural Canada. I mean, uh, they all know it's smoke and mirrors, and that's that's what people need to understand. It is smoke and mirrors. It's the Liberal government appearing to do something when they're actually not doing anything. They're not doing anything about the real core of, you know, problem. And, and the core problem, one could actually keep pointing the finger back at the Liberals for the catch and release legal system, right? Because the real criminals, you know, these guys are in and out of jail over and over and over again. And my area is riddled with crime. Um, left, right, and center. People are um, having all kinds of problems with theft and breaking enters and stuff like that. So we see that out here in rural Alberta all the time. Like, you know, it's, uh, um, and, you know, back back to over three years ago, over three years ago, I had a one-on-one discussion with Bill Blair about it. And Bill Blair had stated back then that uh, over 70%, close to 80% of the firearms used in illegal gang-related activities are smuggled in across the border, but yet they're going to come after us and ban this stuff. So, I mean, you know, I speak for Albertans, I guess, you know, I hear it every, every gun show and that everywhere, you know, I mean, we're all in this together. It, um, we, we are the targets the, the, and the the liberals are completely missing the target. You know, you and I, everyone here, you know, battling this is the target. And the, and the real target is running loose out in the streets, buying their firearms and guns out of the trunks of cars and dark back alleys, and that's never being addressed. Dwayne makes an excellent point in that the government doesn't know where the criminals are or who the criminals are. They know where the gun owners are because the licensing system tells them. They know who has a lot of the guns because the registration system tells them for restricted firearms. The other issue is it doesn't matter what a criminal uses or where a gun comes from. Uh, 100% of these criminals are operating in Canada. They're humans. They make the choice to break the law, whether they do it with a gun, with an ax, with any weapon relevant. And, we don't, the gun doesn't cause them, it doesn't, the gun doesn't change their morals and values and turn them into uh, a criminal. The gun doesn't tell them to go out and do violence. These people are violent to begin with. The courts are very aware of these people because they have a long cr- criminal history of violence and conviction in the courts. And Dwayne is absolutely right. The catch and release system has created a legal industry that actually farms criminals uh there's a facebook page up here in this area called court docket and you see the same names coming back in week after week month after month with different charges and it seems that the judge knows these people by name and they're not rehabilitating these people these people are not being incarcerated uh Catch and release is not a good thing for our society. And to blame a gun for a fault for, for the uh, for the violent people that are out there that have been had have, have had convictions for violence and go on to commit further violence, you can't blame an inanimate object for people who are inherently violent and need to be rehabilitated. 
You know, that's a great point, Gerald. You know, the and one thing we should recognize here is that anybody's got a restricted uh, license out there, they know who we are. We are we are in the system and we're checked every single day and everything else. The people that are churning through the system, as you said, Gerald, in Toronto and elsewhere, and they know who these people are, right? I mean, they're reoffending criminals, they're gang manger, gang, gang members, and and you're right. I mean, they're they're just caught and then released on their own, own recognizances. They have no skills and they go back to their trade, which is crime, armed crime. But um, you know, the whole idea here is that it was a couple of years ago. The Liberals actually came up with a great solution. It was fantastic, right? They gave, they splashed money at Toronto because we all know that's one of the hot spots out there. Gave them money to, um, yes, uh, you know, concentrate on these precincts, and we know where the hot spots are in Toronto. So they went in there, and of course they, you know, they they caught all these gang members with guns, and they brought them in. You know, the the court, uh, you know, uh, you know, charged them, and they let them on in their own own, own recognizance. But this time they actually had these these special constables that would follow them and of course it was it was easy right i mean it was a it was a duck shoot more or less where they went out followed them they they got their guns again they came back into the system that's what we need to do universally across the country there is the solution not gun bans not more stricter gun controls that do nothing except alienate um you know canadian citizens and and that's another point i want to really stress here is that this has been going on for decades and the problem with this is that when the government keeps doing the same kind of disingenuous thing and only does it to get voted in or to stay in power, there's there's some real serious consequences here. People stop trusting the government. People stop trusting the rule of law. The people stop trusting the police. These are these are these are fundamental rifts in our society that doesn't go anywhere good. This needs to be corrected. The liberals have caused this and it's criminal it really is they they are responsible for what's going on here you know what i you know what i find really interesting you know just justin trudeau has been very mute on the whole thing like he came in 2020 with the oic ban uh he read from a script like a pre-written script and and he hasn't really talked about the gun ban he hasn't really Given, given his opinion. And like I, I would love to see somebody ask him some serious questions and and get a response from him. But I mean, like, you know, I, if everybody follows CPAC and and uh, all the political channels, like if you ask Justin Trudeau a serious question, you know, you get these kinds of responses. Many, many minutes later. Nothing. He, much he, can't, he can't. He can't answer a, a real question. You know, if he's not scripted, he can't answer a real question. So you know, the backbenchers and his political campaign say <laughs> this. This is what's going to work. Let's fearmonger Canadians. Let's make them. Let's make a problem that's not there, and let's get the votes the next election. Right. One one of the things that uh, no government. Well, one of the things that governments that support gun control in Canada have have never done is they've never shown us the evidence that gun laws have worked to reduce crime, have worked to reduce violence. Never have I seen evidence. I have been looking for evidence of that since 1978. 
and uh, it, with uh, a reference to Dale Blue, who was the president of the Responsible Firearms Owners of Alberta at a meeting in Winnipeg with Mary Antoinette Flumian many years back when Miss Flumian was trying to get uh, gun owners on board with delivering the Canadian Firearms Safety Program. Uh, Dale sat silent through about 12 hours of meeting, and at the end, he says, how does, how does gun control, Canadian gun control, reduce crime? Show us the evidence. There was silence from, from the CFOs that were present and all the government agents and government ministers that were there. And so far, they haven't shown us the evidence that gun control works. You know, it, it never has. Sort of piggyback on, on that for one second. Um, and they asked this government the reasoning behind their OIC ban, right? And they did the soft shuffle again, like Gerald said. And then they hit it under the secrecy ban. Oh, this is this is too sensitive for for <laughs> public citizens out there to understand or even see. Okay, there there is no evidence, right? They just made this up on the fly. Right. They used, you know, this tragic event out in Nova Scotia to to basically execute, you know, this this plan they had in the works for months. They're just looking for the opportunity. So once again, right, this 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 government is, you know, for the lack of a better word, it's it's corrupt, but it's evil. And I'm, 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 I'm those are not my words. OK, I'm talking to MPs and this is what they're saying, especially about uh, Justin Trudeau, that he is quote unquote evil okay so take it take it the way you want okay but that is not a good thing when you got people in parliament who are so disgusted with the prime minister that they use such base language and that that's his own party right yeah yeah and the nfa is always in contact with N with mps and uh you know get talking to them getting their their point of view giving them our point of view charles is you know charles is a is a machine with that stuff and you know that's the, you know that's one of our biggest mandates you know educate these guys so we can change some stuff uh you know uh we're, we're out there we're out there all the time even during the covid and stuff we were in zoom meetings with 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 mps you know we were lobbying them all the time so we're out there we're we've got we've got people out there doing this stuff all the time you know right. rick you know what i just want to say too that Yes, we're lobbying, but there's people out there that will not be, they're not teachable and they will not, they will not look at the evidence because they are ideologues. This doesn't, it goes against their narrative and their worldview and there's no changing them. And I'm, I'm not talking about just the NDP and the, uh, you know, the, the liberals out there. We have them within the conservative party themselves. Okay. We have a, a you know, the CPC leadership uh, is on right now. And who do we have again? You know, we have the old, you know, uh, give us more civil, uh, give us more gun gun control, Jean Charest, right? When he when they asked him about uh, what he's going to do for, with, with the guns, well, he's not going to do anything, right? He, he he said that anything that's standing right now, the gun bans and the only other things that don't work that that are actually exacerbating violence out in crime, he shouldn't stand on uh, stand on the sidelines and not say anything. That is that is not leadership, okay? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and of course, his partner out there, Mr. Brown. Mr. Mr. Brown, yeah. who was basically cut from the same cloth. These two are exactly the same thing. OK, there's no contrasting here. They're both the same. OK, well, look what look what, uh, uh, what what he just said today. Right. He said the, he kind of deflected and said that, you know, he pointed to uh, Jean Charest and said that, uh, 
well, he, he's not going to change anything. And uh, he said, and then all of a sudden he changes it to, well, he understands why Trudeau would, you know, spend all kinds of money. It didn't answer the question. That's deflection. That's also disingenuous. Don't vote for these people if you want to keep your guns. I can tell you that right now, right? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to contact them and maybe they, they won't talk to me. I get that, right? But you're going to find out that these people, you know, they speak with forked tongue, okay? They'll tell me anything they want me to hear, but like other people, they'll remain nameless at this point in time, right? You know, with that kind of lack of integrity, there's no doubt they will flip-flop down the road if the polls call for it. So let's just not go there. Right. Uh, so so absolutely correct. Many of these politicians who tout more restrictive gun laws when you ask them why they need more gun laws, they're seldom right, but they're never in doubt. They, they'll back up. They will say black is white to support a failed program. Uh, this uh, May 1st, 2020 uh, prohibition of firearms is a mirror of the uh, U.S. 2003 assault weapons ban that was abandoned after 10 years in the U.S., the U.S. assault weapons ban showed no change in homicide, no change in crime, no change in violence. And uh, after 10 years, it expired and it, it didn't come back. And we're talking the same guns, the AR-15. And I've found that over the, since 1968, can, Canadian gun laws have been based on American gun laws that have brought to the Senate and Congress in the U.S. have failed passage. But the Canadian anti-gun groups, the Canadian bureaucrats who like gun laws, and the Canadian politicians who like gun laws seem to have jumped onto these laws, these restrictive laws that do nothing, and they seem to be adopting American-style failed gun legislation in Canada. And that's what the May 1st... 2020 ordering council that banned all these AR-15s was. It's a rehash of the 2003 Bill Clinton American assault weapons ban. Right. Which so, was so, assault weapons. So, uh, yeah, uh, Charles, you try, you try to, you kind of jumped the gun on me. I was going to get into the CPC late, uh, leadership race next. Uh, <laughs> so what, what I was going to say was um, if, if you, if you are watching and you, you are a conservative member, uh, make sure that your, your membership is up to date. Uh, they're going to be mailing out your ballots. Uh, I believe uh, everybody has until April 30th to put in uh, to run for this. Uh, we should probably be seeing ballots in, I'd say, probably late July, uh, early August. And uh, what the NFA is going to do is we're going to reach out to every candidate, and we would love to hear what they have to say. Um, you know, we have we have questions. Uh, we want to see we want to see where they're coming from, and maybe it will give us a chance to educate them or answer any questions that they might have at that time as well. So, it, you know, it's gonna it's gonna get interesting. Uh, they, I believe Charles can correct me if I'm wrong. It's September 10th is the is the election for the new leader, correct? Yes, that's true. Yeah, and actually the uh, the deadline for the leader uh, leadership candidates to jump in, I think, is actually April 19th. So that's okay. Fast, Thank you. Fast Thank approaching. You. So, um, you know, we have a bevy of people there, people, some people that have no chance. You know, we have, you know, the the usual gaggle of red Tories out there who want to steal our guns even more and institute more things or just not do anything at all. So once again, you know, as Jordan said, get your CPC membership, get in there and vote for the people that will do something. Protect your private property and roll back some of this stuff that doesn't work. It's just unjust. 
Yeah, you know, you're you're right, Charles. And there is a few, there's a couple of solid candidates out there that uh, you know what. But we're still going to talk to them. We want to hear what they all have to say. Absolutely. But you know, there is a couple of solid candidates out there right now. Right, and and I I think right now at this point it would be it would be unfair for us to to make any judgment. Like we want we want to hear from them first, uh, hear from all of them, and then you know we'll come back later on an NFA talk and and we'll give you we'll give you our honest opinion of what we yeah. how we feel about that person, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, um, you know, Rick, uh, I believe your your MP is in the race as well, right? Yeah, Leslie Lewis, my uh, my MP is running. Uh, I've uh, spoke to Leslie on a few occasions. Charles has spoke to her more. She's uh she's uh, she's on our page as far as firearms go uh i you know i just uh, i would love to talk to her again and see if her her opinions are still the same hopefully nothing has changed from our last uh our last uh meeting together and uh yeah lesson's a good candidate there's you know there's one or two other ones out there that are really solid too and uh you know we want to hear from them all we want to ask them some questions and we need to for you people to make up your minds and pick up the pick out the best one you know, Absolutely. we're going to, we can give you our opinion, but it's still going to be up to you, which one, which one, uh, which, which candidate you guys want to pick. And, and I'm, I'm hoping we can, you know, the last leadership race, we, we had all the candidates, um, except one who declined to come on our show. Uh, he's not running this, this election. So <laughs> let's not worry about him. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, Leslie came on our, came on our NFA talk. Uh, we had, we had a great conversation with her. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to reach out. We're, we're going to reach out. Maybe I'll go through Charles and reach out to them and see if they want to join us for and have an honest conversation where everybody can, can watch and, and see where their, what their thoughts are on the firearms, you know? Um, so, yeah, so we're getting in, we're getting into the, the summertime spring and, you know, things are starting to open up a little bit less restrictions. Ranges are opening up. I've already had a chance to get out and do some skeet shooting. Uh, it, it was great. Uh, I guess what, what I'm going to say now is save the date for June 4th. Uh, we're going to have a, a later announcement, uh, something, something special we're going to be doing. If you're Ontario, Get ready to join us, and we're gonna have a good time. So, look forward to seeing uh, the announcement. Should be coming out in the next week or two. And uh, uh, I don't know, Dwayne, Dwayne, Gerald, what, what's uh, what's going on in Alberta? Uh, any events going on? Any uh, any major shoots? This is going on, folks. Can you explain this, Jordan? Rick, that looks like a kraken to me. That's what it is. And this let me is guess the NFA giveaway Kraken right here. Let Everybody me guess that's see. that's three three eight Lapua, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice. So uh let's let's put some context into that. Um so uh right now we have a, a current uh current promotion going on. Uh you know, you, you give a fifty dollar donation to Canada's National Farms Association and you get one entry into uh possibly winning winning that bad boy. Um, we, uh, if you follow our social media, you would have seen that we, we actually got a chance to, uh, meet up with, uh, Kadex at SHOT Show this year and they gave us a rundown. So if go check out our YouTube channel, it, it's up there. Uh, it, it's a great looking firearm and I, I look forward to getting my hands on one of those and, and taking it to the range. Yeah. I, I, I really don't want to give it away, but I have to, I just, I just love that <laughs> firearm. <laughs> it, uh, it, uh, it's, uh, it's a great firearm guys. It's uh, well worth a $50 donation to the NFA. It's a, I don't know, it's a 13 or $14,000 package. It comes in with the most, uh, vortex. It comes with the most, uh, high end vortex scope you can get. It comes with the, comes with the Kdex, uh, bipod with the Eagle claw legs on it. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's quite a firearm. 
It's a, and it's in 338 Lapua, which is uh, still all right to have. But like I say, you know what? This is going to be a real fine firearm for somebody that uh, hey, that makes hey, a fifty dollars an ocean. Rick, for the for the uh, for the gun police out there, do you want to do you want to rock it out and show them that yeah. it was well, not you know, loaded? I was going to make the statement that all firearms have been uh, safety checked before this, but yeah. <laughs> Right, you, you know, you, you get those people yeah. that. Uh... Yeah, of course there is. Yeah, just a, just a note on that. When when we when we at the NFA display firearms on NFA talk or anything we do, the firearms have been thoroughly checked for safety, and uh, as and no in this no, case, no ammunition is present at the time as well. No ammunition is present at the time, and uh, the utmost safety is important to us, and it should be important to everybody out there. Like I say, yep. you know, there's we 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 pull out guns on uh, on NFA talk all the time to show you people and they've always always been checked for for uh to make sure they're clear and uh there's no ammunition present right that's yeah, that's like one Charles thing that we gonna, Charles is going to show us one right now <laughs> that's one thing we take serious here is yeah. you know the safety portion yeah 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 so. uh Jordan you asked about what's going on in Alberta yes uh, Gerald gun shows are starting to pick up people are attending gun shows Dwayne attended uh a gun show on behalf of the NFA and Stony Plain here, what, last week? Uh, the people that I'm talking to uh, in northern Alberta, and northern Alberta, by the way, is not Edmonton, because we're 500 kilometers north of Edmonton, and we're not quite northern Alberta. That's another 500 kilometers north of us. Uh, but people in Alberta are extremely, gun owners in Alberta are extremely dissatisfied with the gun laws, they're not happy at all. Uh, there is an incredible amount of non-compliance. Uh, I can see that by the number of charges that came up in 2020 in Fairview, Alberta, a small town, where one in four people charged had a section 91 possession of a firearm uh, charge laid against them. And it's it was very interesting to go through the court dockets for six months to see how many Section 91 possession of a firearm charges were laid. And these charges were uh, incidental to uh, drug possession charges, other charges where a search warrant was triggered and the home of the person was searched. Many of these people didn't even know they needed a firearms license to possess a firearm. Um, oh, wow. So, you know, there, there is still massive noncompliance in Alberta. Another point I should make out is that in two years ago, Angus Reed did a survey in uh, on the number of firearms in Canada and the number of residences and firearms in Canada. And the Angus Reed, which is a liberal survey company, came out with the with a point that there's probably about four million households in Canada that have firearms present in them, and the federal government gives us the information that there's 2 million or 2.3 million people in Canada with firearms licenses who are authorized to hold firearms. And that's a very interesting, you know, is Angus, is the Angus Reed survey out or uh, is there massive non-compliance with, with the gun owner licensing scheme? Yeah, there's a bit of a gap right. there for sure. So, so Dwayne, you you were you were just at the gun shows. Um, busy, uh, yes. quiet. Uh, what, what's it? What's it? What's it like right now? Okay, so I just did Edmonton Stony Plain Gun Show, mm -hmm. and that gun show broke records for them there. Um, wow! 
coming out of a restricted age of masks. Imagine that gun owners uh, really like not having restrictions coming into a gun show. So <laughs> um, anyway, um, I got to talk to MLA, UCP MLA, Shane Getz in there. And um, we did a video there with him. And I think you've still got that video under editing, right? Yes. Yes. And, and also like Shane's been on NFA talk before right. he's, he's a, uh, he's a solid, solid guy. He knows his firearms and, and we had a great conversation. Uh, I believe that was back in the, in the first season we had, we had him yeah. on the show. So again, for people um, who are maybe uneducated watching this, um, Shane Getson is also a firearms owner and he, there, there he is, an MLA affected by these laws as well. So that's the kind of people that these laws affect. Anyway, and gun shows, more coming up. There's going to be the Nose Hills uh, Consort Gun Club uh, gun show coming up down in Consort. And I'll be at that one April 23rd. And um, if the weather's going to be good, we're actually going to camp out at the gun range. And then in June... On the 11th and 12th, there's a new gun show starting up in Alberta at Radway. And the cool thing about that gun show is there's going to be a free boondock camping there as well. So I'm definitely taking my travel trailer that one and my Oasis home away from home. So hopefully meet some new people there. Oh, you guys! You guys take it to a different level there in Alberta. Yeah, no kidding. Um, there's a question on the, there's a question on there for Mark Axford. Any TACCOM updates? Uh, last I heard, I think TACCOM's going to be a go. Uh, it's going to be in the yeah, fall. Uh, yeah, they said they said they're definitely doing TACCOM this year. Well, I mean that's that's the email we got, anyways. That because yeah. uh, you yeah. know the NFA has always had a booth there, so they they said we're going to do it. I don't I don't think they've nailed the date down yet. No, I don't think um, so. They, but they're talking the fall. The, the last I heard. Uh, right. sometime in the fall. So I hope they, I hope they run TACCOM again. And we, re we really look forward to doing uh TACCOM. You know, we meet a lot of our members and, uh, we get to talk to our members and, you know, answer their questions, uh, one-on-one. -on -one. And, uh, you know, that's the way, uh, that's the way the NFA likes to do their stuff, you know, get out there, get in with, get out with the public and, uh, you know, answer their questions one-on-one -on -one and meet our people, meet our members. And, uh, you know, that's why, uh, like I say, Jordan says, uh, you know, keep, uh, Keep your calendar open for June fourth. We've got some. We've got. We've got something in the works right now. We're going to release in a week or so, and uh, you know it's going to be uh, you know just a little bit of a sneak peek. You know it'll be a good time to maybe uh, talk to some of uh, all, some of our directors from across Canada and and uh, you know ask them questions, get to know them, see what they're all about, and you never know, even maybe shoot some guns. Right. So yeah, no, I mean like. Uh, uh, I think everybody except Gerald was uh, at the last TACCOM and uh, what was that? That was back in, it's been so long now, it was 20, a long time ago. So 20, 2019. Uh, yeah, Dwayne came down for that. Uh, uh, Gerald, no, you, you stayed out of that one. Uh, Charles, you were there for one one or two of the days and myself and, and Rick, we were there the whole since setup and takedown and, and it was a busy weekend, but it was a lot of fun. Met a lot of people. I, I love having conversations with other firearms owners. It's great. And, and you know what? It, I was actually shocked because I thought this was just going to strictly be, you know, firearms owners and we're kind of like kind of preaching to the choir. I was really shocked. People were coming up and, you know, I'd say, hey, Canada's National Firearms Association. And we'd start talking. They say, no, no, I don't have a I don't I don't have a license. I, I don't shoot. I just wanted to come down and check it out. And then that was that, that was the opening for a whole new conversation. And 
you know, some of the responses, you know, like, I didn't know that about firearms laws. I, I like, I didn't know that you need a check every day. I didn't know that we were so restrictive as it is right now. And this is prior to all the C-71 and the OIC. And, and they were like, wow, you know, I like they were going by mainstream media, which, you know, they, they kind of towed a little bit of the U.S. side of things. And, and the Canadians are really misled by this. And yeah. it, so it was great to engage with them. And I, I really think they left our booth there uh, with a little bit of education. And I felt I felt good about that. Right. You know, and, um, and another thing we did, too, is uh, we had some pro hips there and we had some just uh, regular restricted handguns and uh we showed the people the difference between prohibs and uh, and restricted guns, and lo and behold, some of the some of these prohibs were bigger than uh, than than uh, than some of the restricted firearms. And uh, this whole prohibition of firearms is supposed to be well, you know, because you can't conceal a big gun. Well, I'll tell you what, some of the old prohibs are bigger than some of the new, like that Glock 48 that Charles had there, Smith and Wesson 19 to. Is bigger in all all directions than that than that Glock 48, and uh, you know people are looking, and you know people never had their hands on on prohib uh, prohib uh, revolvers and uh, and and semi autos. It, it, you know we're out there to educate, and we're, we'll do the same thing again. We'll bring a bunch of guns and you know let you have a look at them, show you the differences, and show you how ludicrous these firearms laws in Canada really are. Absolutely, and I'm. I, it was a couple shows back, Rick, where you had you you had the two different guns and you held them up on the screen yeah. and you pointed out like how how stupid the law is with that with the twelve six prohibition, right? Short the short barrels, you know, like some, the the other gun was clearly <laughs> clearly a lot bigger and it's prohib. So, yeah. you know, I, I like I I really hope uh, the next next go around they're gonna they're gonna review the whole firearms act and let's let's make common sense laws let's let's really engage with everybody all the stakeholders and and i really hope that they give us a chance to actually talk i mean you know you you look at you look at they look at gunnies and and firearms owners and they're like well you know they call us gunnies right they look at firearms owners and and they say yeah we're not going to ask them because they they want the world no we 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 do want to save canada and we do want to be treated fairly so you know let's get to the table and let's talk about this and we want to keep our personal property it's as simple as that it's it's you know if you lay it out it's pretty simple we just want to keep our personal property that we worked hard for we bought and paid for we pay taxes on it and uh we want to keep it and you know you know, my adage is you can't really buy something back that you never owned in the first place. True. But you, know, you know what the bottom line is, too, is that the one thing that under, underlies this whole thing is that we want justice. You know, we've been we've been kicked around for decades now, blamed for this and that and the other thing. It's all been uh, a lie. And now it's time to, to get justice back and roll these bad laws off of our back. And let's concentrate on real public safety. Absolutely. Hey, so so we're 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 almost going on we're almost going on to, to sixty minutes here. Um, I I think this is at this point this is uh it, it's good to break. So why don't we why don't we pick this up in in a week or two and we'll we'll have another conversation. Hopefully, Dwayne Gerald, you can join us again. It's it's been a it's been a great conversation tonight. Uh, and you know, thank you thank you guys for joining us. Um, Everybody, everybody that uh, tuned in tonight, thank you so much. And uh, I guess we'll, we'll see you in a, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Remember, guys, right, guys, take somebody shooting, you know, take somebody new shooting and uh, let it, let them experience the fun that we're having. That's what we that's what we need to do to add more uh, gun owners in Canada and uh, get, get the word out. The best way to do it is take someone shooting. And remember, the NFA is working hard for you people. We need all the support we can get. Till next time.
Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of NFA Talk. Like and follow the NFA on social media and sign up to become a member.